I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting update with our Young Adults Today fam. Here's the thing. Everything we do with Young Adults Today, whether it's a podcast, books, resources, conference, content, is centered around the heart of Christ and really three things. The first is building relationships that can last a lifetime. The second is creating resources that are useful. And the third is to create rallying points that are catalytic for leaders and ministries to reach the next generation as we make disciples. So we have a prayer and a goal to take everything we're doing to the next level. And that is an invitation to you to join our Patreon. Patreon allows you and us to partner together for the kingdom of God and the heart of Christ to grow young adults today. You can find out more and jump on board by visiting patreon.com slash today. Thanks so much, and here's for today's episode. Welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today. I'm Micah Keneally, and I want to welcome you to a wonderful time and podcast. Unfortunately, Josiah is not yet here, but he may be tuning in with us in a few minutes. But we just want to thank you for tuning in to Young Adults Today. And if you are a new listener and you want to get connected and you want to hear more of what we're talking about, you can connect with us every single Monday. So if it's in your home, if it's on the road, if it's at the gym, we want to get into your ears and we want God to get into your heart. So if you want more and you want to help us out, you can do that by rating, subscribing, reviewing, and sharing this podcast and maybe what God is doing in and through some of the things you're hearing and some of the things our guests are saying and sharing as well. So this just helps us reach more listeners with the message of youngadults.today, all in the name of Jesus. So we actually have an incredible guest joining us today and joining us is Ben Peters. Ben, welcome to the show. How are you feeling? Oh, this is awesome. I'm pumped to be on the show. <laughs> we are so thrilled to have you join us. And if you guys do not know Ben Peters, he is the founder and lead agent at Mission Real Estate Group. And Mission Real Estate Group is a team based in here in the Twin Cities in the metro area that's making an impact on people's lives, both locally and abroad. And at Mission Real Estate Group, a goal is simple. It's simply this, to identify what you're looking for and find a solution. Wow. Doesn't that sound like a fun job, everybody? Well, for those of you who don't know Ben, Ben, kick us off. Just share your story. Like, can you start by telling us maybe your journey, life? Totally. Like, what does that look and what does that mean to you? Totally. Um, well, I mean, uh, Mission Real Estate Group has been a long time coming. Like, there's a, a lot to the... Um, a lot to the story of Mission Real Estate Group, but um, in terms of leadership, I've always been a leader uh, everywhere I've went, just in terms of like in high school, I was captain of the basketball team for a couple of years and then president of my school for a couple of years, go to North Central. I graduated from North Central, so shout out to North Central University, but um, graduated from North Central. Uh, I was a captain of the basketball team three years there and um, my entire senior year at North Central, I was planning on playing pro basketball in Costa Rica. And that sounds super cool. I promise you it's not as cool as it sounds. But uh, because of that, my entire senior year, I was not job searching whatsoever. I was planning on, hey, I'm going down to uh, Costa Rica. This is going to be great. And uh, once, uh, once literally a week before graduation, uh, I get an email from the team and says, hey, just so you know, we lost one of our sponsors. We're going to have to cut contracts. The first ones we're cutting our rookie contracts. You're, you can come down and play for us, but you can play for free. And I'm like, oh, well, I just played four years of college basketball for free. Uh, in D3, they don't give you scholarships. So I wasn't being paid for that. And I'm like, I'm not really looking to do that. And so I kind of crash landed into my the end of my senior year, like, oh, man, what am I going to do? And so. Um, Long story short, uh, God opened the door to put me on two different missions trips, and I do sports missions trips, 
And uh, once I went on both those missions trips, I like not to over spiritualize things, but he put a vision like like literally I saw a vision of like, have you ever played the game Risk, Micah? Have you ever played oh, yes. that game? Yes. Okay. So you know how like your army like takes over the world or whatever? Yeah. I literally saw me sending teams around the world to take on like take over the world basically. And I saw myself taking sports missions uh, trips all over the place. Cause I, the first one I ever went on was my freshman year of college. Absolutely loved it. And I wanted to go on at least one a year, but when God put this vision on my heart, I'm like, okay, how do I do that? Like, obviously to go travel the world and play sports sounds great, but I need to fund it somehow. And so then the door opened to get into real estate. And that's when mission real estate group was created basically. Um, we are a group of, uh, realtors that 20% of our profits go to missions organizations. So last year in the calendar year of 2020, we gave hundred grand away to missions organizations. And so my goal with mission real estate group is to eventually grow it big enough so that I no longer have to do transactions, mm -hmm. but I can take a step back and then take those teams all around the world. And I've, I've stayed with COVID. It's been a little bit hard to do, um, sports missions trips, but, um, I've continued doing sports missions trips. And so that's kind of, uh, I felt like God put a business brain in my head. So I'm going to build a business that can help fund missions in the future. And that's kind of how Mission Real Estate Group was born, really. I absolutely love that. The fact that you live on a mission and you've made that part of the anthem of why you do what you do, like giving back to a piece of your heart, you know, and I know that I love sports and I was actually on a mission trip in Lima, Peru, probably about oh, 10 cool. years ago. And it was our job to create the sports activities and everything for the kids of, of cool. Lima that were a part of this, this church and everything up in the mountains. And it was unbelievable to see how hungry they truly are for truth and the word of God, even when there is a barrier for language, even when I don't know how to, to speak the language, you a smile does it and just playing and interacting through totally. sports and how that has become just a way to connect with other individuals across the seas and across the world and across the nation. And I just love the, the fact that you are living on mission and you've made that a part of who you are and what you do as an individual in the marketplace. I mean, um, to be able to do that is amazing. Totally. And I know that like, Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say like, I, what I love about sports missions, like, you know, when a, a typical person thinks of a missions trip, like, hey, we're going to go build a house or, you know, build a school, paint, you know, that kind of stuff. God, unfortunately, has not put a handy bone in my body, but <laughs> he gave me the ability to play basketball. And on my very first sports missions trip, it was amazing. I, I like we would partner up with missionaries in the country that was just struggling to get their foot in the door places. Mm -hmm. And so basically these missionaries say, Hey, we've got an American basketball team that wants to play your high school team. And so no team in Costa Rica turned us, turns us down. They're like, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We'd love to play some American basketball players. We walk into the gym and these Costa Ricans are looking at you. Like they'll have a school assembly. The bleachers are full and they'll be like, Oh, who are these gringos? But as soon as you dunk a basketball, because in Costa Rica, the average height is like five, four. And so as soon as you dunk a basketball, they're like, whatever they have to say, I want to listen. And so then you can tell them, Hey, you need to accept Jesus. And they're like, okay, if I accept Jesus, can I dunk? And it's like, no, that's not exactly how it works. But hey, it hurts. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. It's amazing to see when you're in the mission field, other countries perspectives of the American. And totally. even like we were on a mission trip in China and every single person thought that we knew Justin Bieber personally. And <laughs> it was just amazing to see like, okay, you, you met Justin Bieber and now you can speak into my life. Just like you said, because Josiah had actually met Justin Bieber. He came into grand slam and um, he was able to meet him. So when he was up in uh, on stage or whatever, in this little classroom in China, he was able to share that. And then it caught the attention of like every single Chinese student. And they're like, you know, Justin Bieber. No, no, I don't know him, but I did meet him, you know? And the crazy thing is that one of our friends, Sunshine was actually on the trip with us and she was on the biggest loser and she got fourth place that year oh, or a cool. few years before that. So like, we're actually, you guys have a celebrity in the room. So the celebrity mentality of other countries um, and just, you know, earning the right to speak into their lives is an incredible gift and talent. And if you can do that through sports or through conversation or however that is, it's just 
fascinating to see their level of respect and their eyes and ears and hearts open up towards Christ, even when they don't know what you're saying sometimes. So Absolutely. that's 100%. awesome. 100%. And I know, and I know um, when Josiah talks about you, Ben, he says that he loves the fact that you are an individual and he's just like, Ben Peters is on mission. Not just like, because it's part of your slogan or your name, but can you share like, what does that mean to you specifically? Like living on mission. Well, like for me, I want to live my life. Uh, I guess for me, it would probably be legacy. Like what kind of legacy am I living? And so every day I wake up with that in mind, like, um, and it's kind of funny, like I was so disciplined and I, I still am a very disciplined person, but um, I, me and my wife just welcomed our son into the world in August. And we were very like, get up at 5 a.m. to the gym by six. You know, we'd work out from six to 7 a.m. And then, but once the kid comes in, I'm like, oh, wow, this totally changes things. <laughs> and so we're still figuring out our schedule and everything like that. But uh, one thing that brought me back, particularly um, he's five months old now, um, brought me back is like, hey, what kind of legacy am I going to be leaving for Leroy? And we want to have more kids in the future. And so for me, it's like, okay, how can I set up my life so that that legacy uh, continues on to Leroy and onto his kids and everything like that? So I frame everything that I do do particularly in real estate. And then um, I'm also a real estate investor. And so I try and frame my days of, okay, hey, how can I be on mission to create that legacy every single day? Um, that's, I guess, what it would probably mean to me. That is amazing. Well, you, we also know that you are very entrepreneurial. So there's an entrepreneurial aspect of what you do. There's a real estate investment aspect of what you do, but there's a wake of generosity that's being left behind and a desired legacy to be left behind when it comes to generosity. And totally. earlier you had mentioned that you give 20% of your proceeds to missions across the globe. And I would just be curious, where does your passion for generosity come from? Like, was there a specific time or event in your life when you're like, I have to give back. Like, what is that? What does that mean for generosity? <laughs> oh, well, so I, I grew up in the church and my parents, it was kind of like a non-negotiable, like, hey, you've got to, you know, you got to tithe no matter what. And as a kid, it was just like, oh, okay, that's, you know, normal. And I remember my dad giving me a dollar to give in the offering bucket and, you know, stuff like that. But um, I would say for me, oh man, that's a good question. When did it start? Um I guess I've just always been a generous person in terms of just, uh, I want to help people, whatever that looks like. And mm -hmm. the cool thing is with real estate, I help people for a living. Yep. And it's yep. like, hey, I would probably do this for free. The great thing is I get paid super well in real estate. <laughs> but because I love helping people, then I get paid super well. And because of that, it's actually really cool. Me and my wife took this, uh, this uh, test. It's called the motivators uh, quiz. And it just basically, it's 26 things. There's like categories of 26 things that could potentially motivate you in life. And they give you like your top six, like your medium six, and then your low, you know, 12 or whatever. The very last one on both me and my wife's list was money. Money was wow. the absolute last thing on our motivators uh, test. I am not motivated by money at all. But what I am motivated by is achievement. Like, hey, here's the bar. I want to achieve past the bar. Great thing in real estate. Hey, if I sold 30 houses last year, if I sell more than that, chances are I'm going to make more. And so, I, like I said, real estate was a perfect a perfect fit for me because I'm after that achievement, but I'm not driven by that money. And so once it, it took me probably about two years to get what I would call become a successful agent, you kind of pay your dues, right. kind of set up that, um, that foundation. But after two years was coming in, I'm like, man, I got some good money coming in. Hey, I want to give this back to people who are struggling. And so uh, what I love is meeting with missionaries. I love meeting with pastors. Um, and like, yeah, you can give to big organizations and I don't want a dog giving to big organizations because there's something to be said about that. But what I love is uh, there, I just met with a missionary just the other day that their goal is to go to other countries, find missionaries that are struggling and they're incredible photographers and videographers. And they want to be able to like video them, show the world what they're doing so that they can raise support. And so they were raising support so that they could go do this full time. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And so whatever money I give to them, I know is helping 
totally and exponentially where, you know, big, big organizations, if I give them a a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, that's not going to do a whole lot. And so I love partnering up with the small missionary that it's like, okay, Hey, if I give them a hundred bucks, that hundred bucks is going to go a long way. And that's going to be super, super appreciated. And so I think that was kind of my good money-making year in real estate. I was like, okay, Hey, like at the end of the day, yes, I want to create a legacy for me and my family, but Mm -hmm. Hey, I also want to, it's kind of that Dave Ramsey principle too of uh, living open-handed where it's like, Hey, if you're living open-handed, the blessings can come down, but the blessings are going to go out where if you close your hand, the blessings can't come down because the blessings aren't going out. So that's a, that's a really big thing that I would say that I've tried to live my life by. That's so good. Ben, what an amazing way to live your life. Like you don't have to go to work. Like you get to go to work. Totally. One thing that I realized when I was living in North Dakota and I was driving to the church that I was working at, working with young adults, working as a young adult pastor's assistant, and just kind of just getting things off the ground. And I remember driving and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm ex- one, I'm excited to go to work. Two, I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And three, I don't have to do this. Like I get to do this totally. and to see people's um, passions come alive as, as young adults or people in the marketplace is just so fun to see and so fun to hear, you know, and it's like, wow, what an honor to serve, serve God, God's kingdom through the natural gifts and abilities that he's given us. And I love the fact, um, Ben, I can relate to you. I have not taken that test that you guys took though. Is it the motivations test? I think it's called the motivators quiz. I'll send, I'll send it to you so you can, you should, <laughs> you can look into it. I want to take it because I know that I am not motivated by money. And mm-hmm. I remember I worked at a gym and I was getting paid pretty well and had amazing clientele and just love uh, working out at the gym, lifting weights, teaching class classes, everything. And I remember my grandpa saying, I went to go visit him. And I'm like, grandpa, I'm like, I, I, I do have a real job. I get to, um, I get to tell people what to do, how to do it and see them reach their goals and get paid for it. Like that is so fulfilling. Totally. I'm sure that it's so fulfilling for you to see somebody land their dream home or walk through their first, their first purchase of a home. And I would just be curious to hear like what, aside from maybe a little deeper, what motivates you to help people find their perfect home? Like, is there something that motivates you in that process of being on the hunt? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So like, like I said, those first two years of being a real estate agent, if anybody's ever thinking about becoming a real estate agent, it's really, really tough because if you go to your friends and family and say, hey, let me help you with the biggest financial decision of your life. By the way, I've never done it before. Like that's a really hard sell. And so um, what I love doing, I partnered up with a team right away, went out on my own, and then I created Mission Real Estate Group. But um, I think one thing for me was once I, once I saw that I loved working with first-time home buyers. There's a lot of real estate agents that don't like first-time home buyers because they're buying $120,000 condo. You're not making a whole lot of money off of them and they see it kind of as a waste of time. I love working with first-time home buyers because if you give them a good experience, they're going to stay with you for the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of real estate agents lose sight of that fact. And I would say just like people in general, they live very short-sighted. And so I tell I've lived by this motto and I'm telling my team to live by this motto, um, play the long game. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, I'm going to work with my first time home buyers. My personal record, I showed a guy who ended up buying a $110,000 condo. I showed him 78 homes before he bought one. So if you extrapolated out what I actually made, I made a dollar 15 an hour that didn't pay for gas. I was in a, driving a Toyota Prius and I had a very fuel efficient vehicle that was not paying for gas. And so, um, but the cool thing is he bought his very first house with me three years later. He's like, Hey Ben, thinking about selling, Hey, I'm going to turn around and buy a, my forever home, which is a $600,000 house, which you make great money off of that. Right. But if I wouldn't have given him a great experience at the beginning, Uh, He would have never come back with that. And the way I also do my business too, is I'm very referral based. I don't go like when you get into real estate, not to get into the weeds too much, but uh, as real estate agents, there's a lot of people who will like buy leads off of uh, online or they'll advertise on Facebook or Google or anything. I don't do any advertising like that. All of mine is just word of mouth referrals because what I've found is good people know good people. And so when I get referred one of my clients, and the cool thing is when I'm walking through houses, I become friends with my clients and then they refer me one of their friends. 
well, therefore, hey, we got a mutual relationship. Hey, we're going to be friends. And then my form of advertising is throwing client appreciation events where I bring people in who's uh, everybody who's done a deal with me or clients I'm currently working with. And I basically just throw parties for my friends. And I'm like, that's a that's an awesome way of marketing. Why would I spend money and give money to Facebook yeah. who, who they're already making tons of money when I can just throw a party for my friends and then you know, inevitably, uh, my clients who come to that party, they're like, oh, hey, I just went to a twins game uh, with my real estate agent. And then their coworkers like, what the heck? Like, uh, how did you how did your real estate agent do that? Like, I, I bought a house from a real estate agent. I haven't heard from him since. And that's typically how I get my referrals is because of because of that. Um, sorry, I got that. I'm very ADD. Oh, that's so fun. What was the original question? I want to make sure I'm answering it. <laughs> Just what motivates you? And I think you've ha- you've answered that. I think several several different ways. And so yeah, so to answer that question, so I think number three on my motivators is friendship. Oh. And so that's the reason why I brought that up is because the way I've built my business good people know good people and they're going to refer me good people. And so it's that achievement, but it's also friendship. And so I think for me, a big motivator in my life is friendship. And so good people knowing good people, uh, that's a great way to build a business in my opinion. That's so good, Ben. I think it's brilliant for you to celebrate. Like it's a celebration of you getting your friends together and celebrating the fact that they got their first home, landed their forever home, are potentially going to find their home. And people love to be celebrated and they love to feel wanted and appreciated. And if their first experience is as good as you know, like how you lead and how it's described right here. And we know several friends who bought homes through you. And they're just like, I couldn't have asked for anything better. I couldn't have asked for <laughs> That's anything awesome. I love hearing that. Like, wow. I'm like, that is so not unconventional, but unheard of in this day and age for the authenticity for you to extend even the hand of friendship, you know, and we have several friends that um, were looking for houses. I don't know if you helped them land one or not. I'm not specifically sure. I can't remember, but I know that they were looking for a nice home and it was in the, then when the market was starting to get super hot and they're like, we looked at 34 homes. It's so discouraging. And he is like, I want to, I want to find our starter home. And she's like, I want my forever home. <laughs> totally. A couple of like trying to be like, Okay, from size to price to location to starting a family to like schools, uh, school districts and like school systems around them. And I would just say, like, a lot of our listeners, they're young adults and they're young adult leaders. They might be renting right now with a longing to like buy a home someday or soon. Can you talk about the difference between a starter home and a forever home for the people who are for listening today, whether they're pastors, leaders, or this marketplace and just? really counting the cost in this day and age of home ownership. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. Um, I think you got to begin with the end in mind. And so uh, a lot of times I sit down with clients at the very first meet and I just start asking questions. That's what a good salesman does. Ask lots of questions. And I asked, Hey, what do you see this first home as? And when people are like, Oh, Hey, I see it as a, a three-year house, a five-year house. Cause statistically speaking, the average first house is three to five years. That's wow. statistically speaking. There's some people will t- stay in their house forever, but statistically speaking, that's the average. And so if I go into it with, hey, remember guys, this is a three to five year home. And a lot of people are like, hey, I want to buy a house where five years down the line, hey, I can sell it, go buy something else. It's like, okay, hey, let's keep that in mind when we're looking, we're looking at it. Because if you walk into a house where everything's done and it's like, oh, it's HGTV quality, you know, it's like, it's got the subway tile backsplash. That's what everybody wants. It's got the stainless steel appliances. That's what everybody wants. I'll tell them, I'm like, hey, this is a great move in ready home. But five years down the road, there's a chance that if the market doesn't continue appreciating, hey, there's no ability to add equity into this house. And so begin with the end in mind. So if your goal is to sell it in five years, hey, let's begin with the end in mind. Let's find something that we can build some equity. So we start walking through houses and it's like, oh man, the carpet is really crappy here. Hey, it's an unfinished basement. I'd love to have a man cave. Hey, those are two things that you can change very easily. Yes, it takes some cash. And so that's another thing that we got to talk about. Like, hey, what's your cash position? That kind of stuff. But it's like, hey, if we begin with the end in mind, hey, 
I only want this to be a five-year house. Okay, let's buy something with equity building potential. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and if somebody comes to me and says, hey, I want the forever home, cool, let's do it. Let's look for it. And in that case, yeah, you can be a lot pickier, but I would urge all, anybody who's listening to this, buying their first house, okay? Be flexible with it. Okay. Yeah. You obviously I'll have some first time home buyers who are like, I need a claw foot bathtub. And I'm like, that doesn't, or that shouldn't be part of the decision-making process. Um, really nail down. I need X three bedrooms. I need two bedrooms. A lot of people work from home now. And right. so a lot of people are like, Hey, I'm looking for three plus bedrooms. I need X number of bathrooms, three plus bed, two plus bath outside of that. Be flexible with things. I always say, hey, let's have a needs list. Let's have a wants list. Needs, three bed, two bath, two car garage, okay? The rest is wants. Okay, hey, let's maybe look at some townhomes. Hey, maybe let's look at some single families, that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, if I walk into a house and I tell my clients, hey, I think this is a good deal as it sits, don't be afraid to pull the trigger. Because I get it. When you go out very first time looking at a house, ah, I've never done this before. I've never pulled the trigger before. I get it. It's scary. The unknown is scary. But I try and let them know. And that's the great thing about being a real estate agent. Even when I'm buying homes for myself, I bring in another agent on my team because you might get emotionally attached. Us as a, a, yes. a neutral party, we don't get emotionally attached. We look at the facts. Hey, this house it's a little overpriced as it sits. Okay. That way you don't fall in love and like, oh, I need this house. What's well, hey, it's a little overpriced. Let's wait until, you know, they maybe do a price reduction or maybe we do a little negotiating or we walk through a house and say, hey, this is actually super underpriced. Hey, we need to get aggressive and put an offer in on it right now. And so that's, I would say, find a good real estate agent. If you're listening to this in the Twin Cities area, I'd love to help you. But outside of that, if you're outside of that, find yourself a good real estate agent who's not a typical, what I would call salesy agent. You want an educator. That's what I tell all my clients. I'm not a salesman. I'm an educator. I'm here to educate you through the process and be a neutral third party throughout the process. I love it. Ben, a couple of things stand out. One, begin with the end in mind. Yep. I know that we, we started our home with that in mind. We started our marriage with that in mind. We started our, the ministry that God's called us to, like from the legacy we want to leave, just begin with the end in mind. And I think that's a great place to start and looking at anything from like finances. And I love how you talked about not getting emotionally attached because we had some friends, like I said, that were looking at 38, 34, whatever, however many homes in the thirties. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. And she, every time I'd leave, I'd cry because we wouldn't get, we wouldn't like we put our offer in and we would never get it. And yep. so when you walk through the home, that emotional attachment that can come, that can come with like, Oh, I can envision our table here, our couch there, our kids here, the yard, the dog, you know, like, and to be able to just like step back and bring a, a non non-biased party. And it's just like, okay, time out. Here are the facts. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> what we have, this is what we want. And just making that list. And, um, I know that a lot of our listeners, um, maybe pro, uh, pro, like probably buying a home, potentially desiring to do that and becoming a first time home buyer. Is there any other helpful advice that you would want them to know today, aside from being flexible and anything you talked about current, like already? Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. I think, um, it sounds like your podcast is a lot of leaders, a lot of uh, people in ministry and all that kind of stuff. This is something that I suggest, and this is what I've done from the beginning. So how I got my start in real estate, I bought a three bedroom townhouse with an unfinished basement, finished the basement to make it a four bed, four bath. Basically, I rented out those other three bedrooms for about 700 bucks a piece. My payment on it was 1200 bucks a month. I was renting everything out for 2100 bucks a month. And so I was not only living for free, I was actually making money on the place I was living. Yes. Um, and I mean, obviously as a single dude, that's easier to do, but there were a lot of people who were like, hey, Ben, you're making good money. Why don't you have a nice place to yourself? And I'm like, hey, I'm again, to what we go, went back to, I'm beginning with my end in mind. Hey, I want to create a legacy for my family. So if I live below my means a little bit, hey, it's not the, not the worst thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And so when me and Angie got married, uh, we bought a house, we finished the basement. I have somebody living in my basement right now, taking mm -hmm. care of uh, uh, somewhat of my payment. Uh, it's not all my payment, but I live below my means so that I can put my money into investment properties. Those start spitting off money, then I can give more to missions. And so that's how I look at it. And so I want to let everybody know 
you don't have to go buy a house and all right, hey, we're pre-approved for 400, let's spend 400. Hey, maybe you buy something a little bit cheaper. Maybe you put a roommate in there. Is it ideal? No. But to me, it's another Dave Ramsey principle that he talks about. Eat beans for two years of your life so you can eat caviar for the rest of your life. That's right. And so um, especially anybody getting into ministry, I, I, I don't want to discourage anybody from ministry, but sometimes ministry, you don't get paid super well. Mm -hmm. And so what if you could buy something that you no longer had a living expense. And so that's another thing that I would say I specialize in. I specialize a lot of times in first time home buyers and now those buyers are starting to move up and whatnot. But I would also say I specialize in people who are thinking about getting into investment real estate. Hey, how do I do this? How do I start? Um, and so I've really, I've probably helped. Oh man, uh, so in 2020, I did 61 deals. The average real estate agent does about six transactions per year. So I 10X what an average, quote yeah. unquote, average agent does. Um, and last year, I would say probably 10 or 12 of them was first time investors. And so I love helping somebody who's like, hey, I want to get ahead in life. I realized that one of the ways to get ahead in life is to own real estate, take care of my 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 uh, mortgage payment, that kind of stuff. And so I love sitting down with those types of people and helping them. All right, hey, let's see, how could we do this? Maybe you buy a duplex, maybe you buy a triplex, maybe you buy a single family, right. maybe we create a mother-in-law suite, you know, just stuff like that. And so I would say to anybody who's thinking about buying a home, begin with the end in mind. What is your goal? Hey, would you love to be financially free? Hey, maybe we should look at What's, you know, house hacking where you rent out rooms in your house or duplex, triplex, that kind of stuff. And I love your strategic approach in this, as well as your ability to, I would say, play Monopoly. So if you ever want to play the game of Monopoly, Josiah and I would love to join you and your wife. <laughs> Absolutely. You uh, play Monopoly like you play real life. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely absolutely i love it well we are just wrapping up the last five questions josiah is going to hop on in and join us well welcome, welcome he comes to the best part ben <laughs> <laughs> hey josiah you just gave us some very insightful things so you're gonna have to go back and listen with the I listener can't wait i've been looking forward <laughs> to this episode for so long and i can't wait to glean some insight from you ben all right yeah absolutely then, so we have the five in five. So we have five questions in five minutes. Are you up for the challenge? I think so. I think I can do this. Whew. All right. Well, question number one, Josiah, do you want to kick us off? Let's kick it of off. Okay. I've been quiet absent. so far this episode. <laughs> You're good. So if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be? Yes. Okay. You sent these questions to me ahead of time. I should have wrote them down. Uh, immediately, I'm a big office fan. So I think of Dwight where he's like insatiable jackhammer. No, I'm not going to say any of those words. Um, I would say uh, passionate. Um, I would say, oh man, uh, leader. And I would say giving, I would say those are the three words I would use to de describe myself. That's awesome. All right. Question number two, what is God teaching you right now, Ben? Oh man. Uh, that's you're a, a new father and, yes, and, and a relatively new learned... husband. You learn a lot um, through one marriage and through children. And so uh, for those on the podcast, uh, me and my wife got married, found out we were pregnant two months later. And so literally I'm learning things all the time. I would say for me, I was so goal oriented that um, God put a lot on my heart in the last year is the, the, um, the value in Sabbath, the value in rest, uh, because I was always one that anytime I take a day off, I felt lazy. I felt like oh, I'm not doing what I should, you know, Hey, no, there is value in rest. And it's not only for people, but it, there's value in rest for, um, you know, um, families there's value in rest. Like they, they, I just listened to a sermon that they talked about, uh, valuing rest within fields, like, Hey, taking off from your business for a little while and just, you know, stuff like that. So I would say God's been teaching me a lot about rest. I took almost a full two months off when Leroy was born and it was awesome. Some of it was kind of forced because I got COVID in the middle of it, but Hey, you know, it, it, it is what it is. God will teach you however he wants to teach you. <laughs> right, that's right. Truth. 
Oh my word. And here's a curveball. It kind of keeps us engaged on our toes. Uh, you know, any, anything goes for this one, but if you could ask Mike and I a question today, Ben, what would it be? Oh man. Um, okay. If God shut the door on what you guys are currently doing, what would you want to do? Just purely selfish ambition. <laughs> like ministry was out of the wind, like out of the yep. window, like nothing. If there. God closed the door on your ministry, what would you want to do? I already know what I'd do. Okay. I, okay. I love HGTV and I love oh. home decor and I love refurbishing furniture and just everything from internal and external. So I think I would want to start taking classes of, I like to build things, but I don't have all the tools to do it. So yeah. like, I want to learn like how to, how I would like to in real life, but in hypothetical life too, I would open some type of store crafting thing and really focus on Christmas in July and the holiday season and just have like a trade cool. show in my garage, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love how it. to decorate and refurbish the junk that other people throw out on the sidewalk for free. Hey, you come up with a business plan and I might be an investor in that in the future. Okay. okay. Um, How about you, Josiah? Yeah, no doubt. That's, that's a deep question. I did eight years at a small to mid-sized company um, all through high school, all through college. So I spent eight years at a small to mid-sized business. It was in entertainment. What I realized there is I'm really gifted in leadership. I'm really gifted working with people. And um, I'm passionate about the next generation. So if you tell me I can't do what I'm doing now, <laughs> I might find creative ways to earn income like Tarot. Um, oh, sure. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like I, I am entrepreneurial. I have about five ideas in the business space. Um, I think I would still be blogging, even if it meant I didn't sleep at night. I think I'd be writing. <laughs> I think I'd be still DMing and, and mentoring a lot of young guys. And then it would be a creative way. I'm not above going back to work at a Grand Slam. I'm not afraid of <laughs> I like it. like Ordash or Turo or, but I think really quickly I would begin to find ways to maybe earn some income if that needed to happen, as well as creative ways to add value into the faith of the next generation. That's cool. still my ministry in the marketplace. Yes. Oh, there you go. That's yes. what we're talking about today. All I like right. it. This is question like number four. And I'm glad I get to ask you this. I don't want to assume, but I'm going to assume. Um, so who's your favorite celebrity real estate agent or who is your favorite HGTV person, couple or show? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say probably Ryan Serhant. I, okay. I'm a big Ryan Serhant guy. I, um, I haven't read his newest book, but uh, the book Sell It Like Serhant really helped me uh, kind of craft a lot of the way I do business. Uh, one of the things he said in that book, and I was like, why doesn't every real estate agent do it this way? Uh, he says, people like to shop with friends. Like you love going to the mall with your friends, trying things on, you know, whatever. He's like, if you're just a real estate agent, you're not their friend. Wow. They look at you as the salesperson at the store. We all have that salesperson who comes up. Hey, is there anything I can help you out with? And we're all like, no, no, I'm just looking, you know, whatever. I don't want to be that. I want to be the friend you go to the store with and like, hey, like, tell me how this looks on me, you know? And so I would say Ryan Serhant, um, as far as HGTV, maybe I shouldn't admit this, but I don't watch a lot of HGTV. <laughs> Do we'll start a show here next and you can invest in that idea. How about that? Perfect, perfect. I was actually a uh, really small tidbit. I was an extra on a show on HGTV one time. Stop. Can we the show was called Five Day Flip. It got canceled after three episodes. I was on the third uh the third episode when it got canceled. So is there a reason there? I don't know. <laughs> it's yet to be determined. We might not ever know that. <laughs> back, back to your point about like people want to shop with their friend. I think that's so good. And I learned this. My dad is really good at, um, you know, he's not in sales, but he has a gift of selling things. And I think that a hobby, a hobby of mine can be that too. And I, I learned this from my dad. When I'm talking, I'm selling. When they're talking, they're buying. Uh, yep. And good. so it's, if you can get good at asking questions, if you can get good at listening, um, a big part of it is obviously knowing your stuff unquestionably, but uh, if I'm 
talking, I'm selling. If, if they're talking, they're buying. And uh, this is question 4.5. I really oh. wanted to ask you this. I was thinking right. about this. One of your, I don't know, side hustles or hobbies is um, doing Ben Peters personal <laughs> finance and legacy yep. building yep. YouTube channel. And that's exciting. We could do a whole episode <laughs> on that, a series of episodes, but um, you know, it, so many people, not only like you and Micah talked about earlier, want to become maybe a first time home buyer, but a lot of people are thinking about entrepreneurship. They're mm-hmm. thinking about ways to uh, creative ways to build a legacy for the next generation. And part of that might be, this isn't by the way, giving out financial advice. We're not financial experts, yep. at least I'm not, but, um, any thoughts on the person who might be interested in learning more about real estate investing? Oh, totally. Um, well, I mean, uh, shameless plug, go subscribe to me on YouTube, Agreed. uh, Ben Peters. I also just created a website, benpeters.us because somebody already had benpeters.com. I'm yeah, that's a whole other thing, but anyway, um, no, I really am passionate. Like I grew up in a family that like financial talk was normal at the dinner table. And I realized that's not normal. I I didn't realize that until I married my wife and my wife is like, yeah, we never talked about finances. Any number over $30,000 makes no sense to me. Like we literally had that conversation while we were dating. And so um, I realized like, okay, because of that, because of the way I was brought up, I like big shout out to my parents. They did a great job. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't want that to sound weird, whatever. Anyway, um, but uh, uh, I want to normalize financial conversations. And that's why like in my YouTube, I really try and be open and transparent. Like, hey, this is how much it costs. This is how much. Uh, And I mean, uh, there's even a few things. Uh, Last year, I bought an Airbnb, totally and utterly failed. I sold it after four months and I created a video on that. Like, hey, I failed. Like, I want to be open and transparent. Like, hey, not only, hey, here's a super successful property. Hey, here's one that I did not do well on. Mm-hmm. And it was even after I did all the research, even after I did all the data, I was like, this is going to be a slam dunk. And then all of a sudden COVID hit. And then two months later, Minneapolis riots happened. And my, my house was right in the heart of it, basically. And I was like, those are things outside of my control. I can't do anything about that. And so um, I want to normalize financial conversations, not only the successes, but the failures too, because I am of the belief that one of the best learning experiences in life is failures. And so uh, a a great guy uh, I listened to, Ryan Leake, he's actually a North Central alum. uh, He said this phrase, failure is not your villain. I think there's so many people who look at failure as the villain in your life. No, it's the hero in your life because when you fail, okay, yeah, if you fail multiple, multiple, multiple times doing the same thing, yeah, you can maybe look at it as a villain. But for me in my life, hey, I failed once. Okay, I learned a ton from that experience. Now I'm going to be successful because of that failure. I love it. It's fun. And uh, thanks for going there a little bit off script, but I know that that's one of your passion points. I've been having a lot of fun learning from you and watching (laughs) the videos and definitely encourage um, people if they're interested or maybe Mm -hmm. that's outside of their wheelhouse. This is a way to learn more about personal finance. Like you said, normalize the conversations and think in terms of legacy. So great. Well, I think with many of our listeners, they are like you had alluded to Ben, like if you are in any form of ministry, you're probably not raking in the dough. Like you could, if you were in corporate America, that's a fact, it just really is. But to normalize the fact that we can talk openly about finances, we can have meetings with our, our husbands and wives. We can talk about in the dating process because even Jesus talked about money more than he did heaven. Right. And how to manage money, how to give, how to give with a a generous heart and how to tithe and all those different things. You can go look up (laughs) when Jesus talks about money, but, um, one thing that, all right, I should just get into the last question, shouldn't I? Question number five. We'll see what you respond with. Okay, here we go. <laughs> maybe like I'll it. talk about it. Maybe I won't. Number five, if you could tell a group of college pastors, uh, maybe marketplace individuals or young adult ministry leaders, one thing, if we handed you the microphone, what would you leave them with today? Oh man. So I think in terms of, I think in terms of legacy so much, Okay. If you're a young adults pastor or young in your ministry experience, minimize your expenses as much as humanly possible by buying a house, house hacking it, 
renting out a room, you know, whatever. I think that's one of the smartest things you can do. I am of the belief. So I'll spoiler alert. One of the videos on my YouTube was how I became a millionaire in assets by 29 years old. And it all started with me just taking care of my rental, uh, my my monthly payment. Could I have gotten a, a, a house rental? I could have afforded 1500 bucks a month easy. But I was like, no, I'm gonna live for free for this little time and then build, start building that empire. And with the right information and the right mentors in your life, I'm of the belief that anybody could do that. Like it, it, you're listening to me right now and you're like, yeah, that guy's not all that put together. Yes, you're right, absolutely. But if I can do that, that means you can do that. I'm of 100% belief that anybody can become financially free, no matter what you are, a real estate agent um, or a pastor mm -hmm. hey, working at McDonald's, I do believe anybody can become financially free. And so my anybody who's early in their life, early in their career, hey, do everything you can to bring down your expenses. I actually, this just totally came into mind. Uh, at North Central, I still wanted to bring down my expenses as much as possible. So this was totally illegal. We weren't supposed to. We had four dudes living in a studio apartment. <laughs> my, my rent was like $120 a month. We didn't turn on, we were on the first floor and it was a, a building built in the 1800s. We never turned on the heat. I woke up with icicles on my hair sometimes. Wow. But my goal was to graduate college with no debt. So, hey, however, I had to do that. So I flipped a lot of things on Craigslist. I'd go on the free section, find something of value, take a better picture of it, flip it, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I, I've always been wired like that. And I'm of the belief that's a reason why I am in life is because I'm wired like that. So I, I truly believe everybody can do that. It just takes the right effort and knowledge. Ben, I'm so glad that you went there because this is where I was going to go before the question. I wanted to see how you answered it. But my question more or less like we live in a world where many individuals and COVID exposed this living paycheck to paycheck to paycheck and Absolutely. many individuals potentially listening, whether they're young, whether they've been established in their ministry career or they're in the marketplace. Um, I guess I maybe I would love for you to lean into the poverty stricken mindset when it comes to some individuals, like how do we, how do we jump over that hurdle and whether it's a mindset, whether it's the way that we use um, our words or our language or the setting of like, well, pastors really don't make much. Yes, that may be true, but teachers really may not make much less or more than us, you know, like where, and what do you have to say about the poverty stricken mindset in that, you know, dilemma, yeah, I guess, in my question. Mind, maybe that's not so, for everybody else. <laughs> I'll put it, uh, I'll put it in terms of this. If you become an expert in whatever field you are, you'll be, and you can find a way to market yourself. I do believe anybody can do better than, than just living paycheck to paycheck. So a great example of this, I'll give you my wife. So when she started, uh, when we got married, she was a special education teacher. Okay. When we got married, COVID hits. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can't teach special ed through zoom. I'm sorry. It's just, you just can't. Okay. Yeah. And so she was like, oh, this really sucks. Like, I, I don't know what to do because I feel for the kids that I'm trying to teach through Zoom and I absolutely can't. Right. And so what she did, she stepped away from the school system. I think she was making 32 grand a year. It was pretty minimal. Um, she stepped away from the school system and then reached out to some of those parents that she was in the school system with, hey, I'm going to offer my tutoring services one-on-one. -on -one. And she went from teaching like 30 kids getting paid 32 grand. Um, and uh, she started teaching them just, okay, hey, once a week, twice a week, three times a week. It depended on people's situation or whatever. But um, she didn't do it for a full year. But if you would have extrapolated out, she was making about 55 grand a year by just doing that. And wow. so if you're a teacher, hey, there's, there's, it, it is ripe for opportunity right now because of everything that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would encourage anybody, hey, if you're a pastor, become the best pastor that you possibly can be. I know my wife is one of the best special education teachers in the state. I know that. She spent so much time and effort um, with that. And so if you're a pastor, become the best pastor you can be, find a great mentor. 
um, you know, go invest in your education, however you need to do that. Mm-hmm. And then find ways to, oh, I'm just going to work for this big church and they're only going to pay me 12 grand a year, uh, plus housing allowance. Great. You know, whatever. No, there's other ways you can do that. Hey, start a blog, start a podcast. Like mm-hmm. there, it, there's so much opportunity in today's day and age. And especially because of the work from home movement and everything, the average person who's working for a big company they're not checking in on you and all this stuff. Here's the thing, still do your best at that job, but find find some kind of side hustle. Like I said, the only reason I, I graduated from North Central with no debt was because I flipped things on Craigslist. One of the best ones I ever did. I had a broken iPod, went to a guy on my floor and he's like, oh, I fix iPods. Hey, I'll trade you this Blu-ray player. And this is right when Blu-ray came out. I'm dating myself <laughs> now. But, and it was like a super legit Blu-ray player. I'm like, sweet, yeah, let's trade it up. I went on Craigslist, found a guy with a surround sound system, offered, hey, I'll trade the, this super legit Blu-ray player for your surround sound system. It's like, great. Sold the surround sound system for six grand. That paid for a semester at North Central. And that all started with a broken iPod. And so, like, that's, I like, think- that's like the game where you go yes. door to door and you say, hey, can I have a paper clip? Okay, I'll, yes. of this couch. I'll give fridge, you this couch. Yeah. Or like a truck or some bizarre yep. thing. And what, like, when I was in college, one of the things that I found, like, you, because of the pandemic, you couldn't find this anymore, but uh, weight sets, people had weight sets sitting in their basement, and they're like, just come get it for free. So I went to a guy on my floor who had a truck, hey, I'll buy you Taco Bell if you help me load these plates. And so we went to the house, loaded the plates, I cleaned them up because they were all dusty, cobwebs all over them, took good pictures of them. And I think I got like 800 bucks for them. That's and awesome. so it, there's tons of opportunity. You just have to find it. And so, um, yeah, for anybody, I, anybody who believes oh, I'm stuck where I'm at, there is opportunity. You just need to have the know-how and, and you need to become an expert at whatever you get into. And there's tons of resources out there. I'm constantly on YouTube. I'm there. Like I have a screen time app on my phone that is like, Hey, you've spent too much time on YouTube. I'm like, Nope, I'm going to keep Keep watching. <laughs> life hacks, life hacks. Oh, exactly. So good. Thanks for going there. So, yes, thank you for going there. So many takeaways. Two of them that I can just reinforce real quick is one, to think creatively and get outside the box mm-hmm. because it is called hard work. It is called opportunity and the sky's the limit. And the second, I think so much of learning how to adult, whether it's in real estate, in home buying, working, working from home, a side hustle, entrepreneurship, ministry, sky's the limit. Learning to adult is all about doing things now, today, in this moment that your future self will thank you for. Totally. Thank you for helping us have wisdom today to to learn how to do that. And for an amazing conversation that now I get to go back and listen (laughs) to the replay of the first half of. (laughs) I like it. I like it. And uh, if you want to find out more about Ben Peters and Mission Real Estate Group, as well as the personal finance and legacy building YouTube channel that he is launching, um, we'll link all of those things in our show notes, wherever you're listening to this podcast, as well as put it up on today. So thanks so much. Until next time, this is Josiah and Micah with Ben Peters. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to today's conversation on the Young Adults Today podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I'm getting charged up right now, yeah.